Good evening and welcome to Slowpoke Sports, coming to you from the shadow of San Luis Obispo, Cerro San Luis Obispo, that is. My name is Stephen Hodges, and this is Slowpoke Sports, covering all of the local action, uh, specifically in football, uh, from Slow County down to Lompoc. Let's get into it. I just came, uh, came away from the Cal Poly UC Riverside Big West playoff game uh, for men's soccer. Uh, Cal Poly... A really disappointing way to end the season. They are the number three seed in the tournament, uh, hosting UC Riverside, and uh, just couldn't find a golden knight. Had some issues generating offense in general. Had a couple chances, including a PK that they just shot wide left. Uh, a lot of good defense keeping them in it throughout the entire game. Ended up being a 1-0 affair uh, against the Highlanders of Riverside. Uh not a lot more to say about that outside of Cal Poly's season's come to an end on, on men's soccer. Uh, just in time for men's basketball, women's basketball to start up. Uh, you know, free up a little bit of bandwidth there for the other broadcasts. But uh, still a disappointing way to end the season. Uh, you know, you go in as number three seed, you expect to make some noise, and things just didn't work out for them. Uh, of course, I broadcast... Uh, well, I didn't broadcast that. I was just there as a statistician. I, I do broadcast Cal Poly football, the American kind, and we'll get into that as after I uh, start you off on the wrong foot for football. Uh, Cal Poly went to Portland State this last week, and after falling behind early, they crawled back into that game, made it 14-14, to and then from there, 28 straight points for Portland State uh, to only 7 for Cal Poly. Cal Poly really having some issues uh, just finishing things out. I mean, we're, we're starting to get to the point where games are frustrating again. Uh, Portland State, uh, their first non-ranked game in some time. Cal Poly is going to be playing another ranked team in Sacramento State here this weekend. I'll be up in that game with Zach Anderson-Yoxheimer calling it for 1280, uh, which will be the third game in four days that I'll be in some way contributing to. Uh, so... Be sure to catch that one 1280. It's going to be a tough one for Cal Poly as Sacramento State has a very uh, kind of smothering and very efficient offense. It could prove to be very frustrating for this uh, Mustang defense that's had issues getting off the field already. Uh, but uh, they do have a tendency to give up big plays on defense. So if Poly can find a way to find those lanes early, They'll be able to get into that one. And, you know, this last game had a 75-yard touchdown from Brash to Coleman on just a simple screen pass. That Those are the types of things that I, I'd like to see more of. There's some frustrating moments in that Portland State game for sure. Uh, going for it on fourth down a few times and just couldn't find the couple yards. I'm surprised we haven't seen some more quarterback sneaks with Spencer Brash's big frame and willingness to push the ball forward. Uh, Sam Stewart Jr. as well as one of those guys that, hey, when you're on – the goal line, maybe give it to a goal line back. Uh, I'm sure there's reasoning why not. I, I didn't see if he showed up on the injury update or anything like that. So uh, Sam Stewart Jr. could have been injured. I just didn't see it. But it's still one of those moments of we're getting to where Pauly can win the games. But the execution needs to take a step forward. Speaking about winnable games, Hancock College had a winnable game in their game against Ventura. The number two team in the state of California. Uh, Hancock dropped that one 34-35. Uh, had a couple chances for Colton Feeker, the big kicker out of Arroyo Grande and Cal Poly, uh, to, to put it home early. You know, they, they had some chances on some long field goals, 
that just didn't go their way. Uh, you know, another exciting affair. If you listened last week, you would have known that that was the game I wanted everyone to go to. And it paid off quite well. That rivalry between Ventura and Hancock always provides exciting games. Always goes back and forth. But ultimately, <laughs> Ventura really has the better uh, side of it. And Hancock just experiencing those pains of getting over that hump in the National League. The National is so much harder than the American. And I, I just, there's not a lot to, to say about it. It's just, you know. Coach Damron's going through the paces that Coach Dutra went through a decade ago. Uh, and Hancock would be really well served if they mixed up the divisions and ended up having, you know, half and half rather than all your good teams are in one division, all your bad teams are in another because Hancock mopped up the lower division. Now that they're in the upper division, they're going up against schools with much larger recruiting bases, schools that have traction with uh, some of the big producers out in, in the uh, the Southern California area, like your modern days and your Boscos and all those different big private schools that have huge attendance numbers. Hancock's essentially working with half of Santa Barbara County and Slow County. And that that's not a huge population base when you compare it to the millions upon millions of people that live in LA. You know, that, that that's just the truth. And especially when recruits go and play for Ventura or uh, Santa Barbara City instead of coming up to Hancock. I mean, I I understand it's a you know best fit situation for the player that's being recruited, but Hancock will take care of any player that goes into their uh, system. If you're a local player and you're not getting those D1 offers that you think that you might want, take a t- chance. Go talk to the coaches at Hancock. Uh, they're going to give you a good chance to go play at that next level. Even if it's a situation where you know you want to play football at the next level, uh, and you just don't know what your major is going to be yet. You don't know what the best university is for you yet. Uh, Hancock's a great chance to go figure that out. Go explore your options while you play football on a fantastic squad. Uh, moving on to high school action. Uh, the Mountain League Championship hit the ex- like hit that bullseye to set off the Death Star that uh, – caused a three-way split and honestly that's how it should be uh paso ag saint joe all gonna split the mountain league championship after ag dropped the bearcats and saint joe dropped for uh the only two mountain league games being played this last week as the pomo and pioneer valley played their game in advance earlier in the season when they both had a cancellation never ended up making up that game in week 10 so uh this three-way split for the mountain league title couldn't be happier because uh, all three of those teams, I think, play very well among each other and really have their own talent in their own right. AG hung 62 points on Paso. Unbelievable. Paso put up 35 points of their own. I mean, it wasn't like it was a lopsided affair for the Eagles. It just was a very high-scoring one. It's one of the reasons I don't like score differential in general. If you have a high-scoring game, 28-point difference, 22-point difference, 27 rather, is it that big of a deal? You know, that still was in play through halftime and all that. Paso never really gave up. It just, you know, you end up with a bad score differential at the end that looks worse than it was. Uh, but congratulations to Coach Hartman, Coach Carroll, uh, Coach Villasenor, once again on a terrific Mountain League season. Uh, we're going to kind of cruise through the Ocean League because uh, Ocean League games kind of resolved themselves. The only thing that uh, was in play was the Ocean League Championship, we'll talk about here in a second, and division seating, which we will 
also take a look at in a second. Templeton 52 over Santa Maria 20. Uh, Templeton shown what their offense can do. Uh, Santa Maria is not a slouch defensively. Templeton actually outscored the best offenses that uh, performed against Santa Maria in the Mountain League, uh, hanging, I think, the most points that Santa Maria allowed through league action. Uh, and Santa Maria finding a way to score on Templeton, who also can play well on defense. So very high-tempo game there. Uh, big explosion of offense like what we saw with Paso and AG. Uh, Tascadero, 34, Morro Bay, 0. Disappointing end of the season for Morro Bay, but a Tascadero showing that they still have what it takes to fight. Vic Cooper's a fantastic coach. He's not a guy that says die easily. Uh, and he's going to be really up against it this week coming into playoffs. That's the type of game that the Greyhounds needed to get up on the right foot going into playoffs. Morro Bay is going to have a bye down in that bottom division, but Atascadero needed a way to get the win back in their cells. They did it there. Slowtown showdown, kind of a, you know, a formal kind of end-off thing. I don't think that the result was ever in doubt. Mission prep. 35, slow 7. Slow had some really good possession. Uh, the score's more lopsided than I think the affair actually was. But Mission Prep is by far the best team in the area right now. Uh, I, I think that you can stack them up against any of the Mountain League teams. And this isn't just me saying it. It's also Cal Preps. It's just about any ranking system you're going to get out there right now. Uh, they proved that they have what it takes. They didn't get slowed down through that Ocean League schedule. Uh, like I thought would, would be possible. I mean, they had some people threatened here on and off, but uh, mission prep, just proving that they can do what it takes. I, I will say Drew Harrigan in that game was fantastic. Uh, showed off some of his power as a running back. He, he's been kind of the off, you know, the second depth to Jack Susank, but Harrigan had some runs that you just look at and say, man, I wonder if this is the guy we'd be talking about if Jack wasn't a phenomenal athlete in his own right, because Drew Harrigan's had some great plays on defense. And in this last game, he, he just showed how much power he has as a running back. Uh, as somebody who's watched all of the mission prep games, it still surprised me to see Drew Harrigan kind of come out of his shell against slow. Hopefully he can bring that fire into playoffs. Uh, in the Valleys, San Marcos 6, San Inez 42, San Inez uh, finishes out their, their schedule strongly, but due to Buena beating Cabrillo, uh, they didn't get a share of that league title. San Inez will be going into playoffs. They're going to have a road game despite a phenomenal year, and that that should be kind of par for the course for San Inez, right? You look at it, at that team, and you sit and say, oh, yeah, San Inez 8-2. and two. That is the death knell for San Inez. They've missed playoffs at 8-2, and two, and here they're going to be on the, on the road, the long road trip, going all the way to Orange County. Uh, at eight and two, uh, so uh, the beat goes on, despite uh, you know a new system and all of that. Somehow, San Inez still ends up getting the short end of the stick. I uh, feel awful for Coach McClurg that that's the case once again. Now we're here talking about playoffs and how disappointing it is for one team, and that team is once again San Inez. Uh, I think that this uh, a different team than those teams in the past. I think they should be able to make some noise come playoffs. Uh, Dos Pueblo 7, Lompoc 60, Lompoc finishing strong uh, as they needed to. They needed to win that game, go 5-5, five and five, to have a chance to be an at-large contender. Did they do it? Yes, they did. They'll, in fact, be hosting. Like I said, you talk about problems in a system, Lompoc somehow comes out on top, San Inez gets punished. Lompoc's going to be hosting a game against Western uh, High School in Anaheim. 
sitting at five and five. You know, let, let's let's break down what the situation is with why are why is a team that's five and five hosting a team that's seven and two? Well, southern section is doing the same thing central section is, so we'll knock them out with one stone. Uh, the best teams host. That's how it's always been. How you define what the best team is, that's what changed. So, when the decision got made, we're going to change the system so that we decide who the best teams are at the end of the year. Cool. Everyone celebrated that. And people were ecstatic. I'm pretty sure there was fireworks in the street, whatever. Uh, and then people realized, oh, it means league doesn't mean anything come playoff seating. That's what that means. If we're going to say this is how we grade teams, that's how you grade teams. You can't say, well, we're going to say that these are the best teams and we'll build our divisions that way, but then restructure it so that teams that played a softer schedule can get seeded higher. Uh, no, that's not how this works. You either run with the system that you have or you go back to saying, well, we're going to draw up charts based on enrollment, uh, based on past performance, based on how green the grass is, uh, based on how many funny hats I see in the stands when I go there on a Friday night. Like, the cow prep system is flawed. There's no doubt about it. But, it is what we have. We all sat there and said, this is going to be the system we're going to use. This is the, the program that we're going to use to determine who the best teams are. I don't like that it takes into account the score differentials in games. I don't like that it only takes into account some score differentials in games. If you blow a team out, it doesn't matter. It's going to say that you won by 35 points. If you won by 2 points, it's going to say you won by 14. I think that's ridiculous. I, I don't think that you can sit there and say, I'm going to monkey with the system because uh, that's what we're going to do because that that's how I view it. You know, Computers aren't biased. The people that program them are. And I, I think that's the issue. You know, one of the things they say is, well, we don't want to have close games count as close games because it's almost like you're saying uh, one point loss is almost as good as a one point win. And it's like, well, yeah, it kind of is because if it's a one score game, it really could have gone either way. And that really takes a lot of thought and consideration to determine if that's the right thing. And that's not what you use a computer for. You use a computer to take that thought and consideration out of the equation. That's what Cal Preps did. So there's a lot of weird situations. Do I think they're wrong? Not not entirely. You know, not not as bad as I think everyone is kind of giving it uh, a credit for. You know, that this is like the worst thing that could happen. All the small schools, they'll never win a game again. Like, whatever. You know, if you're a smaller school, you should be incentivized to play bigger games. This is a way that that can happen. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to schedule a schedule that is all soft teams... Uh, I don't have a lot of pity if you end up high in the rankings, right? Like, that's what this system was built to deal with, was, hey, why was Mich why would Mission Prep be match like, matched with Orosi, right? Like, that's what we'd be looking at. Mission Prep would be playing teams like Miramonte, Orosi, Bishop Union, uh, down in D6, if they didn't change the system. Th that's kind of where I, I lose patience, is... You need a system that develops good games, right? That's what everyone says. I don't want to be the 16 team, 16 seed team playing a number one seed team and have to watch my team get injured and blown out by 70 points if I go to playoffs. That's what I don't want to see. Okay, well, how do I make a competitive bracket if the 16 and the one seed 
are supposed to be competitive. You know, the 16 team is going to want to have a home seed if they're a higher division team. That's how it works. Your top two divisions are going to be division winners. Not everyone can be at home. Not everyone can have a cupcake in the first round. In in the system where you're saying we want everyone to be competitive, not there's no cupcakes. There's no easy games, right? St. Joe is not going to be an easy game for Bullard. Bullard is not going to be an easy game for St. Joe, right? Cal Prep succeeded in creating a competitive schedule for their playoffs. They should be lauded for that. Uh, if you're upset about that, well, find me a better system where everybody can enter into to the playoff and have a competitive game. Pioneer Valley needs a competitive game, and St. Joe needs a competitive game. How do you balance that out? They decide they want to go to playoffs at 0-7. St. Joe's going in at 6-4. How do you get? How do you reconcile that these two teams both need competitive games? That's where I lose my patience with people saying so-and-so should have been playing so-and-so. Oh, Dos Palos shouldn't have been up that high. Wasco is getting destroyed. Like, no, whatever. We need a system that is equitable. This is equitable. Is it fair? No. Is it one that should be lauded for... You know, creating a system that everyone loves? Absolutely not. But I think it's the most fair based on the parameters that they gave Cal Preps and Cal Preps came back with. None of the games are more than, I think, the biggest spread across all six divisions is 20 points. Which sounds like a lot, but that's one game. Mission Preps a one-point underdog to Lamore. You know, that's what Cal Preps is looking at. The fact that you could match those teams up from a distance and say, yeah, no, that's actually a balanced game, is very hard. I would never have picked Lamore as a team for Mission Prep to go to. I would have never picked Bullard to be a St. Joe opponent if you had left me to make this bracket on my own. Madera and Arroyo Grande, going to be very competitive. I could have picked that out. Madera's 4-6, and six, AG's 7-3, and three, and league champs. I mean, how could you sit there and say, all right, well, these are going to be the competitive games? That's very tough, and I, I really do apply Cal Preps for com- – creating six competitive brackets in the central section. I haven't looked too closely at the southern section brackets because there's a lot more, but I can tell you for the central section that this was a hard job and that they did a really decent job of creating a competitive bracket. The problem is people do not want competitive brackets for their playoffs. You don't want the number one seed to be rubbing their hands nervously because of the 16 seed, but that's what a competitive bracket looks like. Every team has the ability to win their their division, their their entire situation. That's what you want. You don't want Miramonte going to, you know, two-hour drive to Mission Prep to get blown out 57-0. You know, that's not good for anyone. You want a competitive playoff, you got one. The thing we need to remember when we talk about these playoffs going forward, division matters. Something that we haven't had to talk about in a while. Because it's very mean to look at Santa Maria going to the finals and say, hey, Santa Maria, that's great. Lompoc would have stomped your schedule. Well, you know, it's based off of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, whatever. A Division Two championship is going to be much, much harder to win than Division Six. Division Two, if you win a game, you should be lauded as if you won a Division Six championship, right? It is hard. Division Two is going to be a war zone. There are two local teams playing in that division, and we're going to start our weekly preview on those now. St. Joe at Bullard. St. Joe 6-4 at Bullard. Number one, 5-4. and four. 
I believe this is a nine-point difference. Again, very hard to do. One versus 16 seed. That's like NFL levels of accuracy on a point spread. You don't get that in high school. Uh, Bullard favored to win this game. Uh, I think St. Joe's going to have a tough time going to the Valley uh, on this long trip, especially after a very tough week schedule that had some impactful injuries through the year in a turbulent situation. But as I said before, going to be a very interesting bracket. Uh, St. Joe's got a chance in this one, but I, I've got Bullard winning it. Uh, Mission Prep going to Lamore. Lamore's 8-2, and two, Mission Prep 9-0. and oh. This is the one that got a lot of hackles raised of, well, why is Lamore hosting? Well, Lamore had a sec- a a championship in their league. These are two league champions playing against each other in the opening round. Uh, this is, according to Max Preps, a one-point differential. It's supposed to be 28-27, to 27, Lamore winning, and it's going to be the biggest test for Mission Prep. Mission Prep has not played anyone close to what Lamore brings to the table. And that's what makes this a really interesting prospect for the smaller teams like Mission Prep. They have not played anyone rated that highly. They haven't played a positively rated team, according to Cal Preps, in weeks. Uh, the closest they got was uh, Central Valley Christian. Lamore played four teams better than Central Valley Christian and went 2-2 two and two in those games. That's the type of situation we're at. The thing that Mission Prep has going for them, uh, Lamore coming off a very tough loss to their rival, the Hanford Bullpups. Uh, that's the battle for the milk can. Talks a lot about the you know dairy industry in uh, Kings County. But it's going to be a tough slog. I've got Mission Prep winning, uh, but we're going to see what they look like coming out of that because it's going to be an absolute war. Division 3, Madeira, 4-6. and six. At number 4, Aurora Grande, 7-3 and three at, to finish their year. Co-league champions in the Mo- Mountain League. This is one that I think Aurora Grande should be able to handle fairly well. Madeira, north of Fresno, if you're not familiar with uh, Valley Geography, they're going to have a very long trip down to AG. Uh, AG playing on their grass field, something I'm not sure how familiar Madeira is playing on the type of grass fields that they, we have down here. I've got AG winning that one. Paso, 6-3 and three at number 6. Tulare Union, 5-4. and four. He's talking about games I couldn't see coming. Tulare Union, very strong. They're going to be playing this today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, as I can see a lot of my listeners do. Uh, Tulare Union, going to be a tough, tough matchup, especially on the short week for Paso. I've got Paso winning that one, though. Uh, they got better as the year went on. I'm not sure their final ranking really reflects what a journey that team was on. So uh, we're going to see. It's going to be a big test for Matt Carroll. That Division Three is just as, you know, very tough. Much like Division Two has a lot of, you know, division winners or, you know, second runners up and, and just a lot of competitive teams. Those first three brackets are so much tougher than what you're going to see lower down in the bracket. Uh, case in point, Mount Whitney, 2-6 and six at number one. Napomo, I think this is the biggest spread in favor of a Central Coast team across the area. Uh, I've got Napomo winning this one. I'm not sure what Mount Whitney is doing at Division 4 at 2-6. and six. Uh, Part of the problem is this computer, I think, wanted everyone to be playing the same amount of games, and it's kind of losing its mind with the team going 2-6. and six. So I've got the Titans winning, especially bouncing back, uh, you know, having that bye week, having a chance to restructure and really refocus for a playoff run. Division 4, I think, is a little low for Napomo, so we'll see how this goes. Of course, as the number one seed, they're on that cusp between Division 3 and Division 4. I really like what I saw that Napomo Titans team earlier in the year. We'll see if they can finish out here in playoffs. Division 5, where a lot of our local teams are, uh, including number 3 Rigetti, 
hosting a Tascadero. It's always so funny listening to the people complain about these brackets, and no one I've seen has complained about Rigetti yet. They complain about Pioneer Valley getting it by, and we'll talk, touch on that in a second. But they don't complain about Rigetti, a 1-8 team hosting a 3-7 team. I, I mean, that that's crazy to me. The Tascadero beat better teams than Rigetti. I'm not sure how the computer is viewing, well, those eight losses are quality losses, you know. Uh, I think that Rigetti uh, is better than what their record shows. I think it's better than what the computer shows. But uh, if you're looking at this on face value, that's the one that stands out to me as, hey, guys, let's talk. I just want to send me your location. Just want to talk. Drop a pin. Just talking. We're just talking here. Uh, so, yeah, the Tascadero versus Rigetti. I got Rigetti uh, winning that game. I think Coach Payne is a type of guy that if he's going to go win at, in the playoffs at 1-8, and eight, he's got to play. He sees something that I don't see from the outside. I think he's got a team that's ready to go compete in that division. Uh, five. We're going to see if they can pull it out against the Tascadero, who, again, they're a hot and cold team. If the Tascadero gets an inch, they're going to take a mile. So that that's going to be a close competitive game. Again, exactly what Cal Prep set out to make. Uh, North Bakersfield, 3-5. and five, The number 10 seed in Division 5 going to be at Templeton, 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Templeton has played a lot of teams like North in the past. In fact, I, I should have checked this. They may have actually played... Uh, Someone in the division, if not North themselves. But Templeton's a team that, when they're healthy, and I'm not sure what their situation is as far as the team health goes. They had a lot of injured quarterbacks and injured players on the team last time I, uh, I checked. They did not play. They played Liber Liberty out of Madeira, uh, and they played West Bakersfield, not North. Uh, so they when they can get get around and get the players going that they need to get going, they're very successful. I think they might just be a little bit banged up here in playoffs. I'm going to keep an eye on that that score because, uh, as we've seen, they can pop off for a huge amount of points at any given time, and I think North is going to present the type of challenge that allows them to get that upper hand. Number 15, Ridgeview, is 1-7 in the playoffs. Uh, at number 2, Slow, who's 6-3 in the playoffs. Still... Six and three slow, rated lower than two and six Mount Whitney. There you go. Uh, this game's gonna be played at Morro Bay on Friday night. Uh, I got slow winning this one. Slow's a fantastic team. They, you know, take care of the ball real well uh, and get a ton of turnovers on defense. I don't think Ridgeview is gonna be quite ready for the challenge slow presents, uh, particularly being played on the coast. Uh, Ridgeview, I don't think is gonna be used to how moist it's gonna get as far as the marine layer. We had a marine layer coming in just this uh, evening over the the soccer match, and it played a major factor in the soccer match as the fields started getting torn up as the moisture set in that top layer of soil and made a little bit of mud. Uh, and I'm not sure if Ridgeview is going to be ready for that. Uh, then we're into Division 6. In Division 6, 0-7 Pioneer Valley. Going to be play, playing no one this week. They've got a bye. They didn't play anyone last week. They, they, they're hanging out. Uh, they're going to play the, the winner of Carruthers and Chowchilla. Both teams have wins already. One of those teams will have another win by the time they come play. Uh, that That's going to be... That's a head-scratcher. Uh, I think Pioneer Valley absolutely should have been playing in this opening round, especially you're talking a no-win team. That's where I might be in favor of a little bit of manipulation, but you're in the very bottom bracket. The reason that they get a bye is because not enough teams volunteered to play. Uh... 
that that's the situation. They're they're playing somebody who decided not to show up, and that's fine. It's okay to not go to playoffs. I understand Pioneer Valley's point of view here, and it's something that I don't think enough people have said. Pioneer Valley lost three games uh, due to COVID, due to cancellations, due to referees, whatever. Uh, I would need to double check that all three of those games were COVID, but still, you lost three games. I, as a coach, would want my players to play a full season if possible. So, if somebody knocked on my door after having an 0-7 season and said, Hey, I can get you another game. I'd say, yeah. Alright. Just so happens that it's playoffs. And he's going to be judged heavily for saying, Yeah, I want another game for my seniors who had three games taken away from them. Had games that... You know, we wanted to play that we just weren't ready for because we couldn't practice. Now we can practice for two weeks. We get to go play a team that's going to be beatable for us. Like, why wouldn't I say, hey, I'm up for it. If you're in that situation, you want to get your players games, and you believe that you, you know, deserve those games because everyone should have 10 games played at the end of the season. That's how it would happen in a normal year. This is an abnormal year. It's not the kid's fault. It's not the coach's fault. I don't hold anything against Dustin Davis for putting his hands up for playoffs. uh, And that's the exact thinking why. Typically, I think it's a pretty bad look to go into playoffs without winning a game. In a system where you're allowed to just put your hand up and go into playoffs, I I think you should be 500, typically. Uh, This year, I'm going to give people more of a pass. Because you want to get those 10 games in. You want to get as much playing time for the players as you can. And so I get that. Pioneer Valley getting a bye, well, that's just how the seeding worked out. I think if Dustin Davis had the choice, he'd be playing this week. Uh, and getting another game onto that schedule. Only playing four weeks uh, if you know they keep winning. And if they keep winning, if they win that bracket, it's going to be funny. But also it's going to be understandable, right? Because they, they were better than their record shows. They got that 1% better each week. It's just... By the time they, they got their legs under them, they were into the Mount League. And the Mount League's no joke. So that's what happened with Pioneer Valley. Don't hold it against the Panthers for wanting the best for their players. Do hold it <laughs> against the uh, people that set up the system that said, yeah, seven losses, those are quality losses. You deserve to be above however many teams are in that bracket. They're not above Morro Bay. Morro Bay is 4-6. and six. They're also in Division 6. They're going to be playing the winner of East Bakersfield and Orange Cove. Two games that I you know, believe strongly they, they should win. Uh, no matter who c- comes out of that one. So we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, Santa Maria did not put their hand up for playoffs. I, I respect their decision. I think Santa Maria's got so many fantastic sports. I, I completely understand. I uh, want to make sure the athletes that are multiple athlete sports get, get to go play other sports. And that, you know, didn't make 500. This is typically where you would not go to playoffs. Uh, Western A- Western High School out of Anaheim, 7-2 and two is going to be traveling Lompoc, who's 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Lompoc has some of the most talented players out there, right? Like, we've talked about this. They have a chance to steal just about any game. I don't know a lot about Western. The fact that they're 7-2 and two coming out of Orange County is usually generally scary. Uh, but if there's one coach on the Central Coast that I can believe to use talent the best he can, uh, Andrew Jones is going to be in a great situation to do that, especially a team that's going to have to travel through uh, all the way through L.A. to come play here uh, to make that happen. 
which is funny because the team go in the opposite direction. San Inez, 8-2 at Elsinore. Uh, 7-3. Might have an inside man uh, watching that game. Might have somebody that uh, knows a thing or two about Southern Section football in the playoffs. Uh, four teams coming out of the, the, the Lompoc and San Inez Valleys. Might have a guy. I don't know. Follow at Mr. Lompoc. See what, what what's going to go on down there. Uh, he, he might be taking a look at some Pirates football while uh, he's visiting the, the Central Coast from, uh, you know, who knows where. Maybe Wisconsin. Can't really say. Cabrillo bowing out of the season with how few guys they have. Uh, same situation as Santa Maria. I, I respect it. I don't think they had a chance to put their hand up, but uh, I expect them to get better year over year. Uh, if you want to find me this weekend, I will be broadcasting at Lemoore. Uh, with Mission College Prep Friday night, 9-0 Mission Prep Royals taking on the 8-2 Tigers. Uh, Tigers, fantastic team. Uh, they've got this guy, Ty Chambers, as the quarterback. If you squint, it looks like you're watching LSU. He's a fantastic player. I, I can't wait to see him in person. Uh, and then, next day, Saturday, I'm heading up the coast, going into the valley, going all the way past the valley, going through the Delta, Finding my way at Sac State, I'll be with the Mustangs as they take on the Sac State Hornets. Uh, that game is going to be scheduled for 5 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Uh, should be an exciting one. Another ranked opponent for Cal Poly. We're going to see if they can overcome the mistakes that they've had recently. A uh, lot of local players getting some looks in there. Seth Robichotti, uh has been getting some playing time. So if you're an Atascadero alum, uh, be sure to give a listen and check that out as uh, he's been using some of their heavy sets recently, as uh, Michael Roth has been off and on injured. Uh, so that's it for this week. Be sure to come find me uh, at Slowpoke Sports on Twitter if you want to try and talk to me or Charles or Brian. We all have access to that account. Uh, until next week, this was Slowpoke Sports. Have a great night.